Hello, I'm Liberty Erickson, and this is a Maiwa podcast. The lecture, Knitted Felt Works, was recorded live Thursday, October 1st, 2015, as part of the Maiwa School of Textiles lecture series held in Vancouver, Canada. This podcast consists of excerpts from the lecture and was first posted in 2018. The lecture is introduced by Diana Sanderson and features Aya Matsunaga, who joins us from Japan. In this lecture, Aya takes us through her artistic journey from studying in England to living in Italy. Her inspirations have led her to travel the world and create unique garments that have incredible personality. Using a hand-cranked knitting machine in combination with felting and fulling, Aya creates wearable sculptures bursting with colors and textures. Join us as we listen to her story of what inspires her imagination to the fullest. When I was pondering how to introduce Aya this evening, many approaches came to mind. In the end, I decided to focus on Aya's spark. It's her spark that ignites her students. It's her spark that fuels her playful designs. And it's her spark that can be so contagious. Europe and Japan both hold rich textile production history that we have not experienced here on the West in Western Canada. Unlike most North American textile artists, Aya has worked in the textile and fashion industry. She currently has a demanding position of assistant professor at Kobe Design University. As well, she produces her own one-of-a-kind garments and accessories. I has taken the somewhat rigid knitting machine, developed a unique fluid approach, combining knitting and felting, and creating amazingly soft and vibrant collection. Tonight, Aya will give you a window into her world and a taste of how textiles have shaped her life to date. She will share her varied experiences with travel, fashion, and textiles in Europe and Asia. Please join me to welcome the modest Aya Matsunaga. <laughs> Thank you, Diana. Okay, well, I'm going to start. But first of all, I would like to say thank you to so much to giving me opportunity for to people from Maiwa and uh, Diana Sanderson and her family and the people who are from Silk Weaving Studio and the students who came to join our workshop. And uh, yes, I have too many people I want to say thank you uh, to helping me a lot, so much passion to organize machine knitting workshop. I suppose it was quite complicated to prepare this you know, workshop, but it was amazing event. I really like Vancouver, and I have to say this is my first time visiting Vancouver, and I feel so lucky this is my first time, you know? And thank you so much for your patience to let this whole exciting happen so professionally. And in the workshop, we had two people Honey and Band, who were helping knitting machine, and Diana, su Diana also supported me. Uh, it was the best experience I ever had in my life, I, sh I, sh I think I should say. 
So tonight, I will talk about how I started to do knit felt that I called to by myself, and how I started knit felt work, and where is my inspiration come from. So I was born in Osaka, Japan, 1974. So some of you might find difficult to guess how old Japanese people are. So now <laughs> I'm kind of 41 years old. So maybe more than you think I'm old. <laughs> but <laughs> it's my secret, but it's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, in the early 90s, Japanese brands such as Komodi Garson and Yoji Yamamoto presented their avant-garde and innovative collection in every season. Do you know them? And there were quite a lot of people who actually wore those bland clothes. And I saw people who dressed in this avant-garde fashion walking down the street of Kyoto. Not like that, maybe more, more simple one. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was 18 years old, I had a part-time job at a department store which sold imported bland accessories and some designer's clothes and accessories. And uh, maybe this is quite a famous piece of uh, Comedy Girl song you may have seen in Craft Magazine. And it has been designed by Lei Kawakubo. So I loved those bland designer's clothes when I was a student. But I was a student, so did I didn't have enough money to buy, so I did lots of part-time job, and I also saved up some money to buy designer clothes on sale or second hand. Uh, this is Yoji Yamamoto's photos. This is an old collection, what he did in Paris. So this is Helmut Lang. I love, and I still love Helmut Lang a famous Australian designer, Austrian, I should say, <laughs> Austrian designer, whose work is known for its minimalistic style. Do you know Helmut Lang? Maybe it's quite popular in here too. I loved fashion so much, but I didn't go to a fashion school. Instead, after graduating from high school, I went to an art college in Kyoto to study product design. I could also learn pottery, fabrics, dyeing, woodwork, and metalwork, as I had a stereotype image that the fashion industry is a pretty complicated world for, you know, a personal relationship. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't feel like I can work in the industry. So I thought it's gonna be, you know, difficult. So however, I knew then that I was very interested in fabrics that high-end brands use. I still remember that I was attracted especially by knitted fabrics and the materials for t-shirts and embroidery process rather than woven fabric. It was then when I encountered a shop, Nuno. Do you know Nuno? Yes, I think Leiko came to Vancouver do workshop. So when I encountered the shop Nuno, Miss Leiko Sudo's work, and also one of my university's professor's textile work, do you know her work, Noriko Narahira? She also did a lecture and workshop last year at Maiwa. She was my professor in university. 
Nuno was located in front of my father's office. That was the very beginning for me to discover the world, world of textile, as well as the fascination of it. When I look back, finding out about textile design at Nuno was a wonderful opportunity and amazing luck, I must admit. Until then, I was studying only pottery and metal work at school. I thought textile is too difficult for me to do. But because of the lovely encounter with textile, I started to take a textile course. As I said earlier, I have also got a lot of inspiration from an exhibition by Professor Noriko Narahira. So, as well as she recommending, recommending me to study abroad. So she said, maybe you can go to England to study textiles a little bit. She, I think she used to study in London before. So I decided to go to Nottingham. <laughs> Nottingham Trent University. Yes. <laughs> I decided to go to Nottingham, a city located in the center of England. Do you know where is Nottingham? Oh, do you? I thought nobody knows. <laughs> well, by the way, as I said earlier, I come from Kyoto, Japan. Some of you uh, know Kyoto, but not visited before. Might have an image that all people in Kyoto live in a traditional and uh, graceful life. But I read uh, quite yeah, this is, you know, what you imagine. If you say, I come from Kyoto. Ah, oh, you come from like that house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my garden is like that. <laughs> no, it's just, just a temple, inside of a temple, beautiful garden. <laughs> my studio is actually, I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> Where's this? I, I have to say, quite ordinary modern life. Yeah, maybe just made you really disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, usually cities go like that <laughs> because we have too many tourists coming to visit. So it's one of our main streets called Shijo Street. So during the, the whole year, <laughs> it's going to be like this. Okay, now I'm going to talk about encounter and the attraction of textile. Studying at Nottingham was quite hard. First, because my English was not good enough to understanding, you know, basic use of machines. Uh, it was difficult. I couldn't just do anything without technicians' help. Therefore, I could hardly produce my work during the first year. So this is a machine I, I was studying to knit. In the in the second year, I chose a knitting course for some reason. I can't remember why, but maybe I liked knitting, <laughs> that's why. And uh, finally, I managed to work a little bit better on producing by using various tools such as Rubie hand flat knitting machine and an automatic knitting machine of Shima industrial knitting machine like this. The university in Nottingham it's 
pretty famous in England for its well-equipped school facilities, especially for textile. From yarn dyeing to an automatic knitting machine, you can use them as if you are working for a big enterprise. It is not always necessary to do every process by your hand, not only knitting machine, but also dyeing laboratory, as well as embroidery machine. You know, they had quite lots of different machines. Therefore, so many facilities you can use. Learn concentrating on just producing knit materials. However, I was not so keen on the technical aspect of knitting. I just hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, after I studied complex skills and knowledge about knitting, which is more for industry, uh, industry for three years at university, I had a chance to work for an Italian knitting company for two years before I going back to graduate school. I lived in Europe for about six years. As I loved traveling, I took trips to other countries a lot during this period. Do you know where it is? Angkor Wat, yes, it's Cambodia. I often visited place where my boyfriend at that time was working. And this is a Holland. The place, have you, have you seen this? No, it's quite unique. Let me explain. So it's a small city near the city called Utrecht. 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 Yes, something like that. <laughs> so I think somehow, some kind of religious reason, those people are isolated and they just missed the chance to wear modern clothes. So some people still wearing like that clothes, and it's like this, it's a paper, it's fabric, but it's underneath is paper, and you hold it and put, put it, it's quite cute. <laughs> yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, can you see? So they, you know, bend in the paper, and then, and also I have visited Italy, so to name a few, I went to Cambodia, Vietnam, Thailand, Korea, India, Holland, France, and Morocco, and uh, maybe something, some more. I cannot remember. So of course, I have been to tourist spots. Ah, especially I have been to Cambodia three times and stayed for about two months each time during my summer break. So it's quite a lot, altogether six months. So of course, I have been to tourist spots such as Angkor Wat and Angkor Thom in Shumliap, but also visited to other small villages and towns. So it was around 1995 when I, uh, when I first visited. So did you know story about Pol, Pol Poto? Yes, you do. Khmer Rouge was still hiding in the jungle at that time but foreign tourists started to come in to visit. So there were many crimes targeting foreigners, which is hard to imagine if you look at the country now and the beautiful people. 
I think because I was lucky, I suppose, I didn't encounter any crimes or dangerous things when I was there. I have never thought the experience in Cambodia would give me inspiration to my work. Because, to be very honest with you, during my stay in Cambodia, I was kind of bored with <laughs> a simple life, lifestyle without TV <laughs> and any exciting events. And uh, eventually, I felt like I, if I were in the Japanese countryside of the old days. But it's a beautiful picture, don't you think? <laughs> I can't. I can imagine people who come to this lecture today must have deep understanding about the culture. So my comment about Cambodia may disappoint you know many of you. Well, anyway, by taking pictures and memos of what I what came to my mind to kill my time in Cambodia, I particularly focused on collecting memories until the day of departure. Now, looking back, I noticed that people in the developing country seems to value products that were produced in bigger facilities, factories. On the other hand, we from developed country don't think highly of industrial goods that were artificially made in a large volume. Also, when I went to a market for shopping, people would use colorful plastic bag instead of a plant leaf because they thought they do a favor for you. I didn't like it so much, but they just wanted to treat you special. These are photo of the collection pieces that were made taking inspiration from the Cambodian trip. While I built a basic foundation through a discovery of a thought that direction of design or a hint of which material or color should be used will naturally and clearly appear in my head. The inspiration source might not be so obvious to the audience, but I can enjoy very much with this production process. It is kind of similar to climbing a mountain by taking steady steps one by one. In Cambodia, there are a traditional garment called klama. You may know it is a plain woven stole which is in Czech pattern. I made this piece with the idea of create klama with artificial knitting materials. So this was my student. You know, when I was student, I made those fabric with industrial knitting machine. Well. They might, you know, people in Cambodia may like it, may not like it. So, okay, I'm going to talk about the influence I had in England. Influence of English fiber art and design. In the 90s, being influenced by London art scene and artists such as Nora Falk. Do you know Nora Falk? Have you seen her work? Yeah, it has been knitted. It's amazing work. It is a beautiful work. I think she used special sort of plastic yarn to knit and use heat to form the interesting shape. And also, I like the work of Freddy Robbins. <laughs> so I became interested in different materials and shapes 
And this is also what I did when I was student, 1997. Referring the shawl I made from monofilament. Do you know what is monofilament? It's like a fishing, fishing thread, transparent. I feel like I was creating some sort of costume. Adding to that, a goal of my creation is to inspire others. So we had an, uh, I had a model next door. So I, one day I went to her place. Could you be my model? And then I took a photo. Well, she was sleeping, so she had red eyes a little bit. <laughs> it's like a bubble. But it's been knitted like a rib, one by one rib, just form like that. In the university, also, by the guest tutor, Sherry Fox, she teaches uh, persons. Do you know university persons? She is a famous designer and came to teach us in Nottingham one, of one semester. She was regularly showing her collection at London Collection. From her lecture, I learned that one could create felt fabric with knitting materials that can be very creative, conceptual, and formative. Can you see this? Uh, this is her work of art pieces, uh, installation. But this side is quite extraordinary. With neat material, you can estimate easily how big the final size will become after folding. Then after going on, uh, on to the pressing process, it will also give a distinctive impression like a cold concrete. This look is completely different from the existing felt material that I thought. Then Sherry gave me one kilo of very, very fine wool yarn from John Smedley. This experience led me uh, where I am now. Do you know John Smedley? No? Oh, I should have uh, brought some video, but anyway. <laughs> it's, it's, so it's too long, but anyway. Well, let me explain about John Smedley. John Smedley is a long-established knitwear company in England. It has more than 200 years of tradition. I think it's more 220 or 30. I'm not sure. Anyway, the company sponsored young designers as well as students by providing all discontinued yarn for free. So it was not that old, just a few years old, especially it, if you are using it for felting. I couldn't say that. I'm going to felt the John Smedley's yarn because it's so expensive. So anyway, after graduating from university, I believed that I would become a textile designer. First, I went around stud studio in London to work for other textile designers who create unique textiles and fabric. But due to the size of the studio, they could not help me get a work visa. So I decided to go to Italy to find a job at a major company. So at Benetton's first interview, that was my first appointment in Italy. They immediately took me in. 
I worked for Benetton in the north Italian city of Treviso for just only two years. Treviso is a small city located 30 kilometers north of Venice, the beautiful city. At that time, I didn't really feel beautiful city when I was there because there are so many mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's quite close to going to Venice. It's only 30 minutes by train. But, you know, I thought, mm, anyway. I was assigned to a neat designer at Sisley. Sisley is uh, one of Benetton's brands and provides basic yet trendy item for younger generation. Also, my work period was very short. The experience I had the time has been a huge influence on my current work. Back then, I believed that I would become a textile designer. I left my passport with them, and within a week, I already started to work for the sub sub mm, difficult to pronounce sub sub mm, one of the company of Benetton. <laughs> I give enough to. <laughs> How do you say tongue twisting? <laughs> tongue twister. <laughs> because I was imagining myself to become a creative designer. I also felt a little bit nervous until I started to work there because I mainly study fabric making. Making clothes with neat material is something. I had only learned the basic in. So actually, the reason they hired me was because I loved fashion and had a basic knowledge of knitting materials. They mostly did with simple design, and my job was largely about marketing research. Starting from trend research about materials, we learned about the actual trend from visiting place like a Paris Material Trade Fair, Pitti Filati in Milan, a yarn trade show. So to Milan, to or London for finding items and accessories that are likely to become a major hit, while to Paris and Tokyo for buying goods in high-end fashion store, leading the trend. We got various cities several times a year, then examine and analyze all those items to see if Benetton can actually produce it by creating a sam sample product. We also took a pullover from Gucci or Prada apart into pieces, so they might have a different production process now, but Benetton takes a business from SPA and carry out integrated business activities from planning and production to retail. By quickly reflecting the change of the consumer's preference on their product, they control their production volume so that they will be able to make profit instead of suffering from holding too much stock. So they even like sheep in Paraguay to produce their own wool. So different from cutting out woven textile, also among other kinds of clothes, knitwear can be 
formed by yang and will produce less loss of material in production. On the top of it, Sisley produces simple style in a few solid color variation. Yeah, they do very simple clothes and also has extremely small stock. Therefore, the brand was growing in Benetton very, very fast at the time. Uh, their, advert their advertisement carries an exciting image, but each style had only two or two to four color variation, which is different from the image you may have about Benetton from 1980s. So it used to be like a lot of different color in one jumper. It was quite a big shock for me to see the, what is happening during the 90s Benetton. Together with three different designers from Scotland, Italia, and Holland, me, four of us, we decided we did designing and editing. They did have a neat pattern as create a pattern the knitter for industrial knitting machine and automatics through knitting work. Meanwhile, someone calculate all those hours and cost. Finally, we decide what kind of collection we can produce by looking at cost and past sales trends. For the young designer fresh out of school, there were some tasks with no dream. However, I had variable experience as I could still find Italian way of their commitment and dedication about making things. So after returning to Japan in 2001, I started to work for a textile company to save enough money to start something new. I had never done weaving before, but they hired me as a woven fabric designer. That was quite scary. <laughs> Sadly, because of the terrorist attack on 9-11, right after the employment, my contract wasn't extended. I was forced to create something by myself. So I decided to organize an exhibition at gallery in 2002. That was an exhibition photo I did in Kyoto. Have you ever been to Kyoto, and there is a gallery called Gallery Gallery, which is very famous on the fiber art and textiles. So those work was, uh, first of all, I showed all my work when I was student. So this was my graduation exhibition from in Nottingham. I did quite strange things. So you may expect me showing lots of knit felt, but I'm showing something else now. <laughs> it's, it's knit felt, but I've knitted, it's jacquard. So I washed it and uh, I cut some pieces off and washed it again to kind of making interesting structure. Anyway, yeah, this is, I exhibited in a Chelsea craft fair in London year 2003. A few months later, I set my goal to display my work at the craft fair in England. I cannot explain what drove me, but I was focusing on creating something by felting knit. I decided to use lighter color instead of dark color shade, 
which I liked when I was a student. Yeah, I exhibited also my work in an uh, exhibition called Prism, which is a kind of fiber art exhibition in London. Have you ever heard a person called Julia Caprara? She's a well-known textile artist, and she does a kind of textile school in London. So she invited me to exhibit in there. And I also exhibited this very, just five years ago, I went to London to join the Origin, the London Craft Fair. Yeah, now is, you can see I'm using brighter color. The reason I started to use home knitting machine, I was because a factory that used an industrial flat knitting machine, which we used to use at university, went bankrupt. I couldn't get a machine in Japan anymore as it was sold to China around the year 2000. Yeah, that's, that's the thing I was using. I was looking for in Japan, but, but it's difficult for to survive. Now, Japan, we have so many automatic knitting machines, which Shima Seiki pro provide. And I've heard about 70% of knitwear is now produced in an automatic knitting machine. So maybe this is also, <laughs> I don't know. First of all, I tried going to a class for home knitting machine. Yeah, this is the one I use. So maybe some student who joined uh, my workshop use similar one like this. While I was learning the basics, I was very interested in making things with this machine. Suddenly, a very interesting idea came up. I made a work called Strings and also got various other ideas, which became enough pieces to put on a solo exhibition. So now let me explain about what kind of yarn I use. I searched at various wool store for finding merino wool, which resemble John Smedley, but I couldn't find any. Meanwhile, I encountered soft lambu that was shaggy and very well pulling. Also, amazingly, I was given a lot of cashmere yarn from friend's factory, which produced cashmere shawl. So I set my goal to create unique shawl with the yarn. This is how I mix the yarn. So I use two ends of very fine lamb wool. Sometimes I use cashmere, but usually very, very fine. So within one year after starting production, I choose a gallery for my show and continue to work on production. Then now I have been using the same yarn, basically. I buy wool in 30 different colors from a young company in Japan and select four brighter colors for dyeing factory in Kyoto to dye two kilograms each every year. Think as the same with cashmere, but I have more collection, more choices from the company. They have about 100 different colors, but as the price is more expensive, I create color variation by twisting two ply 
yarn with favorite color to make more different color. Currently, I'm using two ultra fine yarn in different color to create deeper shades, such as natural, mar uh, natural marble. Neither hitting upon a genius idea, nor producing cheerfully. The production is for me sometimes very, very, very painful. From the beginning, I was insecure about creating and selling products by, by, by myself. But I create my work with a basic belief as below, which was built upon the fact that I love fashion and the experiences I encountered while I was in the UK. Use as same materials as possible and not expand its scale. And also possible to create unique things even from simple work creating something you really think interesting. And also, there are so many variety of goods out of there, and people's tastes also vary, so no need to follow the trend. As we are living in a world of mass production, making things that are time-consuming will be reconsidered. My process, First, I create a form by using home knitting machine. So I'm knitting the, I'm knitting like, and sometimes I braid it. So after finishing knitting, wash it in a washing machine with household detergent. I don't really care about which brand, but I prefer something strong with hot water not less than 60 degree, but sometimes my washing machine just give me like a very cold water, but <laughs> avoid walls sticking together, wash it several times while shaping home to shrink properly. For the last wash, I use softener to just make it nicer to touch and Dry it after shaping it, and I use iron to make it smooth. So I try new design if I have new ideas come up to my, my mind, but I don't add new design blindly. I'm happy to have an exhibition uh, with lots of work, but sometimes you have to think about is it going to be part of your collection? Or maybe it's not work in this time. So I save some idea in my mind. Just maybe next, maybe when you change a view a little bit, you might create something more interesting in the future. So I will show my work. Sorry, <laughs> I should have shown earlier. So this is my knit felt works. So this one is quite similar as too dark, you can't really see the one I have in there. This is a cushion I made, but actually I made this one with Shima's industrial knitting machine. I asked one company to make fabric. Yeah, just cut it behind the, the all the things, not necessary part, 
cut by scissor and put in the washing machine again and uh, felt it and I made cushion with it and this is other collection so you can see these kind of things in the exhibition in the silk weaving studio now this one called Fuji do you know have you heard the name of mountain in Japan yeah because the shape is like this so I took the name from that this is also a quite exotic garment to wear this one is called piazza it's because it's the shape is like going how can I explain <laughs> yeah it's like a city you know if you go to Italian city always have a small uh, kind of you know place called Piazza Signore or Piazza blah 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 so <laughs> I took the shape from that and I sometimes use some kind of old lace to add as an accent and this is the same too so it's more like a wearable art and this is too it's quite difficult to wear it when you go to work so <laughs> But someone bought it, so I don't know how she's using <laughs> And this is also a uh, sister of Piazza. But I took color from I uh, Indian city. Have you heard the pink city in India? Yeah, I just imagine about, I, I was thinking about the city with a uh, lot of pink things. Um, this one called onion. The shape is like onion. You don't really see, but I have the smaller piece of onion just there. So please look at it later. This is, uh, how do you say? Do you say mitten? Or oh, I call it mitten. It's French. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of glove. You can, you know, play with it. Yeah, I have similar one just there too, if you have a time please look at it later yeah I use two end of yarn as I said earlier especially for my cashmere work this is a collection I love called Gabe do you know Gabe is a kind of textile I just named it just not really you know too similar as what Gabe is so I put quite lots of color in each piece but to be honest, some people have a kind of fear to wear colorful things. But if you mix one bright, one dark, sometimes it's easy to wear. So I have no fear of mixing too many bright colors. Mm, finish nearly. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have any more photo to show you. Um, I just want to say I'm very happy to have an exhibition in this wonderful Vancouver and for my 30th anniversary I started year 2003 two. yes so this is my 30th anniversary and uh, now you can see if you interested in those work as I said earlier you can always go to Silk Weaving Studio. There are some more. I know many people already have been and someone wearing my scarf too. Thank you very much. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
and uh, yes, and currently, I don't have much creative time as I have heavily demand as a teacher in Japan. I don't know if they like me telling you the name of university. It's Kobe Design University. And then it's about, maybe it's about time to go for, go out for a long trip and find inspiration for my future work. Thank you. <laughs> I hope everybody understands. <laughs> okay. Do you have any questions? Thank you. How do you get the rings in mm. your work? Well, it's, it's easy. <laughs> uh, let me explain with my sample. Well, it just has been knitted. This one also been knitted. And uh, if you if you make, do you do machine knitting? No. But if you make tubular shape, do you say tubular shape? If you just sew them together, and uh, you just put it through, and then put in washing machine. <laughs> mm. No, no, you can do it uh, together, but if you have a shawl, uh, if you have a main part with silk stainless or some other materials you don't want to put in a washing machine, you just felt this pieces first. And then when you're knitting with machine, you just put it through and put it back and then start to knit again. So it's quite simple process. But if you look at it, if you just look at it, it looks quite difficult to understand what's happening here. But some student who joined my workshop already knew. <laughs> so <laughs> they know it's not difficult, but just time consuming. Okay, <laughs> do you have any other question? Thank you very much for a very interesting um, talk. Uh, it, it's always lovely to see the work and then to see how you arrived mm -hmm. there, uh, where you came from. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering when you were in Japan and um, you decided to go to England, mm. did you have some um, like economic support from uh, from, uh, a, a, from Japan, from your mm -hmm. the government or from the university where you were Actually studying? Actually, my, my parents were supporting me. And uh, because I went two years college and my brother went four years college, university, I said, mm, I want to study more, you know. <laughs> so I was kind of <laughs> holding parents. <laughs> Money <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> And is it, uh, is it that common that families would support a, yes, a, a in Japan. woman studying? Yes, yeah. uh, it's quite common, yeah. to be honest. I think uh, usually Japanese government are not helpful for yeah. supporting students. Mm -hmm. And the parents usually pay for going to university or studying more, even if you're female or male. And maybe if you are female, more chance 
you get the support from your parents. I don't know if it's good things for women in Japan to be individual or independent, but well, yeah, I got quite good support from my family. Okay. <laughs> How do you attach your lace to your work? How? Do you attach the lace? Lace? Yes, to ah, your work. You know, because there are so many holes in the lace, I just hook it. <laughs> I have, yeah, yeah, hook it and then, yeah, and then if you felt it, it won't show what's going on, really. <laughs> I don't know if it was good explain. <laughs> but please try it if you, even you do hand knit with, uh, if you have a piece of, uh, nice lace fabric, you just hook it and then knit it and then put in the washing machine. It's my, you know, <laughs> have something interesting effect you will see. Maybe you hate it, but <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be quite interesting, I think. So do you have another question? Yes. I just wanted to know how she was making all these holes. Is she cutting them or is she casting them off and recasting? Ah, it's a good question. It's on the machine, it's like this. I start to knit like tee 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 and then go tee 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 tee. Starting casting from like a two, only two, two <laughs> needles and then tee 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 can you <laughs> increasing and then go next increasing Increasing, 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 and it in this part, it, 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 go, it, 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 and it change the color to blue and a little bit brownish color, and then go, and then all together, <laughs> so much is happening, but knitting like, so did you get how I knit? And then maybe just doing quite similar thing. So I'm not cutting these like this. And then you have a time. I have a time to put ring in here. And so this one is cashmere as well. And then <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> The lecture, Knitted Felt Works, was presented on Thursday, October 1st, 2015, as part of the Maiwa School of Textiles lecture series held in Vancouver, Canada. The lecture is introduced by Diana Sanderson and features Aya Matsunaga. The podcast you've just heard consists of excerpts from the lecture and was first posted in 2018. Maiwa Podcast can be found on the Maiwa School of Textiles website, at schooloftextiles.com. That's schooloftextiles, all one word, dot com. For more information about Maiwa and all that we do, please visit our website at maiwa.com. That's M-A-I-W-A dot com. I'm Liberty Erickson, and thank you for listening.